No one was prepared for what this year has put us through. But ironically enough, it's equipped us with the tools we need to move forward. You're listening to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast, episode 38 of season two. In our season finale, we're going to share some bittersweet news with you guys. But first, we're going to talk about what fears we've overcome, what we have learned about ourselves, and where do we go from here. You know, for about a month now, it's only been me doing the episodes and whatnot. And, you know, I know all of you guys have missed Zayna's voice. So I'm excited to bring back Zayna. I forgot how to do this. It's been a while since I've podcast and I'm feeling very anxious and nervous. I don't know why, even though we've done this for two years. It's very different. I don't know. It's very different because I think, you know why, when we actually have a guest, the guest is talking about their story. I think when it's just you and I, and since you haven't been on this for a month or so now, which we'll get into why it just it's more so like us saying our stories now and our feelings and our thoughts yeah I'm not used to that I'm used to like tell me about yourself (laughs) now I'm gonna tell you about me gosh it's been such a hard past month month and a half for my family Um, and I think for millions of families across the world going through what we've been going through for the past 10 months and that's dealing with COVID unfortunately on November 6th on a Friday uh, my grandfather passed away and even saying that does it It doesn't feel real. You know, to say that this death was something that shook my family to the core would be an understatement. My grandfather was a pillar for our family and for our community. And it's not something that I can come to terms with yet. And I'm still dealing with. And I think it's going to be something that we deal with for a very long time. It's it's hard to talk about losing a loved one. And it's so hard watching you, Zaina, right now because I know how you feel. But it's just like it's only been a month or so. It's very fresh. It's very hard. And when you said come to terms with it, I think it's also because the fact that he lives in Palestine, it's almost like you kind of want to believe that he's still there. Oh, yeah. That when, you wanna, when you're going to travel back to Palestine, it's your grandfather that's going to greet you at the top of his steps when you come off the airplane. And then it's going to hit you. And it's gonna, you're going to realize like, he passed away. You know, it's never, ever easy to lose a loved one. Some people can truly get traumatized from it. I can't even imagine what your mom is going through. Yeah, I mean, my mom was telling me she's there now with my grandmother, who is also recovering from complications due to COVID. Uh, and she keeps waiting for him to walk through the door. I think it's just something, you know, and I know I probably shouldn't say this and I know it's wrong, but this is how I felt at the very beginning. It's like, we all have those fundamental figures in our life and they're always there for us to celebrate the good and to be there when things are not so good. And it's hard to ever imagine a life without those people. And picturing them not in your life is something that you never had to do and you never wanted to do and you never did. But I know obviously death is inevitable, but having having to go through losing someone who, I mean, to call him a grandfather, that's not even, that doesn't begin to describe what he's been for me. I know for my siblings and I know I can talk for my cousins. He is definitely a second father figure for a lot of us. And yeah, it's, it's something that I, you you can't imagine like it's it's you don't have the words for it yeah because nobody prepares you for this no it's interesting because it's like you know it's written for all of us but what's not written I guess is how to cope with this how how to to deal with with grief you know I spoke to him 
like maybe five, six days before his death, and he was upbeat and chipper and telling me, Habibi, don't worry, it's yeah, I'm fine. And he was a healthy And like, you showed me a picture very, of him. Yeah, Michelle, he was he a very fine. healthy man. And to see like the strongest person I know kind of deteriorate, like it's something unimaginable. Like it's hard to explain seeing that through pictures and videos and on FaceTime. It's and not being there because you can't be there. It's just it's a it's a lot to deal with. And I think this loss is definitely gonna change the way my family dynamic is forever. You know, Zaina's grandfather is truly a pillar in our community because, you know, Zaina and I are actually from the same village in Palestine and your family's very well known, mashallah, and he's very well known and he's done so much for the community. So I think it was a loss for a lot of people. And like you said, it's an understatement just to call him your grandfather. I think there's just so much more to him. It's almost like, yeah, he he treated you like more like like his daughter. And yeah, it's no, definitely. Like, yeah. And, and one of the things that he taught me and my siblings and my cousins and his children was to just always be grateful. Always say alhamdulillah, even in times of hardship, even when you can't imagine seeing the good out of things. But, you know, he was my only living grandfather. He was the only one that I had the chance to get to know and meet. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I got to experience those moments with him and that I got to watch him live his life the way he did and lead by example. You know, I know a lot of grandkids don't even have the opportunity to meet their grandparents and I'm carrying on what he taught me and I'm just holding on to those memories and I'm very grateful that I had the time that I did have with him. I think that's the best way to honor their legacy or to keep their legacy going is to kind of emulate who they were through our own actions. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when I lost my grandmother and stuff like that, you, you look at your grandparents and you look at them and they are pillars in the community and they're such kind and generous people and they've done so much good. It's like they are somebody that you want to kind of follow in their footsteps. And I think that's the best way to honor their legacy. You know, we, we spoke about this on text. You know, when you lose a grandfather or a grandparent, you're not just losing a person, you're losing everything they've instilled in you. You're losing those traditions, those values that they held and that they taught and passed on to your parents and to you. And I think it's it's more than just losing a person. It's losing so much more than that. I've always said they're like, you know, when your family kind of breaks at the seams, it's our grandparents that used to come running with a thread to make sure they threaded us back together. And I think that's that's why it's so hard to come to terms when you lose your grandparents, because you start to realize, I mean, not always, but like most of the time you feel like your entire family is fractured, even your extended family, because your grandparents were the glue. They were the ones that held everybody together. They were the ones that actually brought everybody together. And it's sad that the last gathering was their death. And that was the last time that all of us as a family have gathered. And that's how I feel like when we've lost our grandparents, yeah, and we're not as close as we used to be with our extended family. Obviously, there's a lot that has happened this year. There's so many reasons as to why we're not physically close, you know, like we used to be and whatnot. But at the same time, it's just, I can't stress enough that if you do have living grandparents to sit down with them. Absolutely. You you know, you always said this message and I always was like, yeah, absolutely. Call your grandparents, of course. But like having lost a grandparent, father, like I know the value of like a phone call, a five minute yeah. phone call, like what I would do to have one more. I'm sorry, Zan. <laughs> this is like, you guys, this is like really hard. It's not even easy to talk about this because it's, it's not easy dealing with death, no matter what, it's never going to be easy dealing with grief. And um, I wish I could say that, you know, this is the hardest part and you'll get over and then you'll be happy and just remembering their memories. But I think sometimes you're going to hit these low moments where it does hit you that your grandparents are gone or whoever it is that you've lost, that they're gone. I can't stress enough to sit down with 
your loved ones to tell them how much you love and appreciate them. When it comes to your grandparents, even if they don't live near you, call them. It just takes one phone call because you know what? That's all they're waiting around for. When I went to um, Palestine last summer, not last summer, it was a few years ago, and it was so interesting. Saying, like, you know, it was my grandmother and her friends and whatnot, and they were just talking, and I was just overhearing their conversations. And I swear to you, all they, like, what they were saying, they're like, all we ever want is a phone call from them. All we ever want is a phone call from our children, from our grandchildren. It makes our day. It's so sad. And that's it's comes so from simple. them. You know? It's so simple. It's so simple. And I'm glad that you got to talk to your grandfather yeah. before and he you passed. And you know, something that I'm actually very grateful for, and in the moment, I didn't know how I felt about it, but um, I was able to watch him take his last breaths over FaceTime, over like a Zoom call. That's hard. And it's hard, but it's also, I think, exactly what we all needed to see because it was just so peaceful mm -hmm. and it was so easy. And I think if someone would have told me, oh, he died so peacefully, I don't know if I would have believed them. Yeah. But having seen how easy and at peace and at rest he was, I think that kind of softened the blow a little bit. That's such an interesting perspective. Yeah. Because some people wouldn't want to see that. Some people... It was hard. Yeah, it's still hard. I, got to, I had to see this man who, the strongest man in our community, in my family, like the strongest man I knew become brittle and become like someone unrecognizable was the toughest. And seeing my uncles see that and go, seeing my mom go through that, it's a... Uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to forget that moment, but I think it's something that, again, it was good for us to witness because of how at ease he looked. You know, it's crazy to me when you really think about it, how death is the greatest teacher and how death really kind of allows you to come face to face with who you are as a living person. It makes you realize how mortal you are. I, I don't know. It's just like, you know, you never think of these things. You don't want to think of these things, but when it does happen, it's a reality check that you never asked for. And it's a reality check that you have to you know, kind of overcome at this point. And it does change your life completely around, but not even just your physical life, just the, your mindset. It completely changes the way you think, the way you view things, the way you cherish things, your gratitude. And that's why this life is all about sabr and shukr. And it's that's why it's so important to just always trust in Allah, to always be grateful for what you have. You don't want to show your gratitude when the thing that you're showing your gratitude to is gone. Be a, like a living a living person or even just anything that you have in your life right now that you should be grateful for. I think this is the greatest lesson of all is just that sometimes we overlook the things that God has gifted us with every morning. Sometimes we forget to thank him the night before. And I remember this quote, it said like, what would you wake up with this morning if you didn't even thank Allah for anything the night before? You would wake up with basically nothing. Like, have you thanked wow. Allah the night before for anything if not then why do you expect to wake up with these gifts the next morning and that's something that i've held close to my heart you know that's i think a great great thing to remember is just be grateful for what you have be grateful for the people in your lives i think we become so swept up with life and work and our friends and like we don't realize the importance of sitting down like you always say sitting down and listening to their stories like listening to what they have to say listening to the lessons and, and the teachings that they want to pass on to you and yes just value that like really humanize them you know i think you did see your grandfather as a pillar and stuff like that i'm not saying that you didn't humanize him but i think we kind of look at our parents and our grandparents as just that as these almost like authority figures in a way but in a loving way but you forget that they actually had a life before you they actually had their own stories and their own childhood memories well, i feel like if if you did sit down with yeah. them and talk to them you would see that because exactly. i got to see that side of my grandfather my grandfather maybe to the rest of the world seemed like he was very authoritative and very like you know all that but like if you really sat down with him you would 
find out he's one of the funniest men that I, the funniest man I've ever known. He was really great to my city, like my grandmother. He was very romantic with her. Like you would see those things if you actually got to sit down exactly. and get to know them, like spend time with them, get to know what they liked to do when they were little, how they came to the country, like just get to know them as people, not just as your parents' parents. How excited do they get when they get to actually tell you these stories? Like, I, I remember those times where I asked my grandmother. And it's the same, usually it's the yeah. same stories that you've already heard a thousand times before, but like, cherish that because yeah. it's, they're happy and they're being able to to connect with your grandparents and to take the knowledge that they have and carry on that, I think is something that's invaluable. It's now on you kind of responsibility to carry on like the family name and the traditions and the culture yeah. and the language, especially the language. You know what I mean? Like we live in a Western society and it's like you don't want to lose your roots whatsoever. I think it's when I always reconnected with my roots. That's what allows me to like remain grounded. That's like what keeps me grounded is realizing where I come from and who my family is and what they've done for the community and all that stuff. So that's why it's like super important. To kind of, you know, learn the traditions. Yeah. That's a good point. Because, like, you, we never want to get to the point where nobody knows how to do the things oh, that our grandparents only did. Do you know what That's I mean? That's scary. Like, you know, it is. it is Because what happens when we all don't know what to do at certain moments in life? You know what I mean? Like, what happens? You know, I remember when we used to live in a three-flat back in the day. And my uncle used to, he was so, like, this is your word, Zina, rigid. He was so rigid yeah. when it came to speaking Arabi. He told, like, his own kids and then us, which would be, like, his nieces and nephews, speak Arabi. I don't want to hear no English around me. And back then, you're like, oh, my God, but we live in America. Like, how, why am I not allowed to speak English in my own house? But then it's like, I understand. Like, they know they, they don't want you to lose that, your basic roots, just, like, even your language to keep that alive. And sadly enough, like, do we speak perfect fluid Arabi? No. And and I am scared to death that when I have my own kids that I can't even carry that on or allow them to carry on the language. Like, that's one thing that I really want to hold on to. It's one of my biggest regrets is not learning the language as well as I should have. Yeah. You're right? And I think, like, yeah, I mean, I can still learn the language now. It's going to be a lot harder at it's 20 harder, or whatever. Especially because where we live. But I think that's probably one of my biggest regrets is just not taking it as seriously as I should have as a kid. I'm just sorry. You had a really rough end of the year. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. And like I said, he, my grandfather was, I feel like I'm not doing justice talking about him because I just can't. But yeah, he was someone who really worked hard to instill the right values in us and his kids and in all of our, his grandkids. And I think being able to carry on those values, I think it's making it a little bit easier. And I think that's all we can do. Sometimes there are no words for certain things yeah. and certain emotions. Honestly, I think it's so hard to explain certain things or even just the impact somebody has had on you. But sometimes it's just you carry the love for that person through your actions. And I think that's the most important thing yeah, is exactly. trying to just carry it through your actions and, you know, do things in honor of them. And, you know, I've always said, like, our grandparents' du'as have always protected us. But now it's like our turn to have du'as to protect them in the hereafter, to, you know, ask Allah to forgive them for their shortcomings, to reward them for all the efforts that they've done in this dunya to grant them Janet for to do all of that stuff like speak to God all the time about your grandparents as much as you can maybe end every salah with a dua for your grandparents because you know they've done so much for us while they were living now it's our turn to do the same for them and even more since they've passed and inshallah inshallah somehow some way we're all un reunited inshallah yeah inshallah I don't know if we I, I'm not sure with that if like we ever do get reunited with our loved ones in the year after I'm I very like no but I hope yeah so. I don't want to say yeah. we do we do I don't but inshallah we do like that would be inshallah. such a such a beautiful gift honestly to 
to experience our loved ones again and, and whatnot. But it's hard. I think it's something that we had to talk about, Zaina, for sure. I know it was hard for you, but... Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad I got to talk yeah. about it because I hope people listening who still have their grandparents with them and who can pick up the phone, like Dunya always says, call them, let them know that. Just listen to them. Listen to their stories. Listen to how they went about their day. Just listen and talk. And because you never want to look back and say, I should have picked up the phone more often. You know what I mean? I think that's something that I tried to call as much as I could, but I don't think it would ever be enough. God, this year has been, I think, beyond what any of us could have expected. And I think we're all going through something collectively, but going through what I've been through the past month and a half or whatever, it's uh, to really open my eyes to how much you can plan and how much you can, you know, think you're etching things in stone and then have things flipped upside down. Like I had so many plans for the November, December, ending the year, especially with this podcast, and it's been just turned upside down. You know what I mean? It's hard, right? When you realize like it's such a balancing act when you think about it. It's like, okay, I don't want to just sit there and wait for life life to happen. I should still be doing something. I should still be working towards my dreams, my passions and whatnot. But then you also realize that like at the end of the day, you can plan and plan and plan and oh my God, everything can just... And it can go for nothing. It can definitely go for nothing. But at the same time, I think what can continue to keep us like grounded, like I was saying even before, is just trusting Allah. And I know we said this a lot on the podcast, but I know sometimes it's easier said than done. But I think it's when I really truly started putting my trust in Allah that I started accepting things for what they are. And I started realizing that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what it is, if it's something so horrible or something so, so, so good, that Allah did this somehow, some way, whatever Allah has planned for me, there is a reason for it. And there's also not just a reason, but there's goodness in it. And I just have to dig a little bit deeper when it's the hardships. And when it comes to the blessings that I get, I have to also continue to make sure that I don't say, oh, I deserve this, all this good that's happening to me. It's I should be more so like, thank you. Thank you, Allah. I think sometimes when good things happen to us, right away, we're, we say, thank you Allah but it's when we go through hardships that we that's it we just fall and we don't know what to do and we forget any like everything and anything but I think what I'm trying to do what I'm trying to get better at is if I'm going through a hardship right away I want to ask Allah guide me Allah just the way I say thank you Allah real quickly when I have a blessing or something like that I want to say guide me Allah I think that's super super important we don't realize that things could always be worse. Like we don't think that, you know, when we're in a hard a hard moment or a hard time in our lives that it could be worse than what it is, but it always can be. And that's why you always have to say Alhamdulillah. Even if it feels like your world is crumbling, just say Alhamdulillah for what you do have and be grateful. And then kind of look into why you're going through what you're going through. Like why is Allah testing me in this way? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like we kind of, yeah, we, we say, oh, why am I going through this in that sense? But no, ask yourself like, what is Allah preparing me for? I think that's the one thing that I started shifting my perspective because I used to kind of victimize myself. And that's the worst thing you can do is victimize yourself. But I started like shifting my perspective and saying, I wonder what Allah's planning for me. It must be something great because if I'm going through this, such a difficult trial. And also we had this conversation before about spiritual bypassing. It's okay to feel all the feels. It's okay to be overwhelmed. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you put your trust in Allah, it doesn't mean that it negates your ability to to be emotional or to kind of feel down sometimes. Yeah, I think I'm someone who like doing this right now and crying is not me. I'm not yeah, someone is not who you. is emotional. I am emotional in private. I'm not publicly emotional. And so I think, like you said, allowing myself to feel what I feel and like have other people witness my feelings, uh, that's something that I'm 
it's very new to me. I think this is the first time I'm seeing you cry. Yeah. Just so I don't cry. Crazy. I, I I cry alone. Yeah. I don't cry. You've seen in me front cry. Of people. I think anybody that's known me has seen. You know me why cry. I don't cry in public? Because one time I had my, one of my cousins. I'm not going to say their name. Told me I was an ugly crier. Oh wow! And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cry in my bathroom. I'm not going to cry in front of people. But who's a pretty crier for no real? No one is. Because I am not a pretty crier. I'm full on Kim Kardashian though. When I'm like yeah. very emotional, like. Because I, if I'm crying, I'm yeah, I'm gonna sob. Like yeah. there's no like, oh, just a little bit of tears and stuff. No, like it's I'm not full cute. on crying. No, no, and it's I, not cute. There's no such thing as a pretty crying face. If you have no. it, I guess you're blessed. But I don't know. <laughs> I think when you're really I going through it. it. So how do you feel about just like our podcast in general? Like this is the end of season two. Yeah. I didn't even think we're gonna even reach the end of season one, but here we are talking about season two. Time flies, by the way, which it, is crazy. Time flies, and I think that's the scary part because, like, we don't really, really sit down and like enjoy the moments that we're in. And I think looking back at the past two seasons, mm-hmm. God, I, I to say that it met my expectations would be wrong because it didn't. It did so much more than I could ever imagine. This little project that we created in my spare bedroom, it's connected people and brought our community together, I think, in a way that I hadn't witnessed. Like, we're highlighting triumphs and we're also highlighting struggles in a way that I wish that I could have witnessed when I was younger. And I'm so grateful to have that now as I navigate my mid to late 20s. I think that's the thing. Like, we had a vision, we had a certain vision, but it was scary because, first of all, like, you know, there were other podcast out there when we first started but you and I I don't know I wasn't really a podcast listener so to me this was just like a territory that I've never dived into or dealt with or anything like that so for me it was it was really really scary and I think we kind of dived in head first before like doing our full research and stuff like that but we've learned and I'm glad that we kind of went through all these trials and errors because now when people do want to start a podcast I have so much to say to them like I have so much advice and tips to give them and what not to do and what to do but it's like here we are Sitting down, season two, we've surpassed 260,000 downloads, you guys. 260,000. That's crazy. To me, that signifies how much this platform was needed. And when I say this platform, it's not just Zayn and I. I'm saying like this platform where it is a sisterhood, where everybody comes together. It's all the voices that we've had on this platform over the past two years. And obviously, Dunya and I can sit here and talk every episode and every week, but it's the knowledge and the wisdom and the values that each guest has brought to this platform that I think has really made it what it is. You know, my biggest fear when starting this, I think, was... I felt like there was a lot to uncover within our community. I felt like there were a lot of taboo topics. There was a lot to talk about. And I I wanted to. I desperately wanted to because I think of the certain personal things that I've gone through in my life. I feel like like that hardship would have been a little bit easier if our community was a little bit more understanding and more accepting. But at the same time, I think what I feared most and I think what other people didn't want is for us to just shine light on the bad side of our community. Because when you really realize it, it's not just our community that has a lot of things hidden underneath, you know, swept under the rug and whatnot. There's a lot of other communities from a lot of different faiths, a lot of different cultural backgrounds. But I really wanted to focus specifically on us, Arab and Muslim and, and women of color, that I want to focus on our situation and what we've gone through. And I want us to heal. And if we don't talk about certain things, we're never going to heal from them. So I think, alhamdulillah, I feel like for the most part, we've done it in a very tasteful way. And I want to keep doing it in that way. I want us to talk about the hard hitting things, but I also want to, on, on the flip side, show how amazing our community is and how quickly we can come together and be there for one another. I feel like other communities are really good at that, showing both sides. And I think our community is getting better at it, but I think there's still work that needs to be done. And I think there's people still have to be willing to show the not so good side of things. 
you know why? Because the Western society oh, literally yeah. has vilified us. And I think that's the hard part is that we don't want to prove that they're right at all. So that's why it's a little harder harder for us to talk about this. And sometimes our culture is kind of put on a pedestal and it's like that's what we really focus on more so than our faith. But I think through all these stories, oh my gosh, we've learned so much about one another. We've realized that, you know, we've all gone almost through the same things. Our, our pain may might have been a little different. Our experiences might have been a little different. But at the end of the day, we're all going through something. Yeah. We're all going through That's it. one of the biggest things I've learned is that even though, you know, not, there's nothing that an Instagram filter can hide. But if you really look beyond the filter, if you look beyond the bright smile, Everyone is going through something. Everyone is going through something. And I think I I should have realized this, but I think it took me a while to understand that life isn't always what it seems. People are always going through something and they might paint a different picture to make you believe that everything is fine, but you never know what goes on behind closed doors and you never know the troubles that people are going through. And on the flip side, you never really know the triumphs people because some people aren't really vocal vocal about you know what they're doing at work and how they're succeeding and they hide their successes because they feel like they need to. I'm learning to be more weary when it comes to viewing other people through like a looking glass. Talk to people, get to know them, get to know their stories because I think we can learn a lot from each other. But I also think, like you said, that's so true. I feel like you don't put yourself 100% fully on social media no or does. anywhere. No one does. So if you don't do that, don't expect other people to do that as well. So don't take people at face value. Don't think that that's who they are, what they're showcasing. No, it's again, it's a highlight reel. But I don't want to just talk about social media and everything like that. I just think this platform was amazing in the sense that it's courageous to have women come on here and share very, very personal stories. You know, this was the year that I seek therapy because of one guest, which actually she was an anonymous guest on our podcast, but it was the episode that we opened up with for the season, season two. And oh my God, I think that was, that was a very hard time in my life. Very, very hard time in my life when she opened up about her domestic abuse and what she went through. I think that's when you really realize like, wow, how, how much our stories kind of mirror one another and how there's so much trauma that lives within your body that you've suppressed for so long because you want to show the world that you're so strong, but it's not that you're fooling the world. I think the saddest part is that you're, you're trying your hardest to fool yourself. And I think that's the worst damage that you could have, you could do, but it was because of this podcast that I finally decided to just seek therapy, come to terms with what I went through. And that's the thing, you guys, like I'm in my 30s and it's like, it's never too late for anything. I think I realized this too as well through the stories of the women and whatnot that the society focuses so much on ageism and whatnot and everything. And then you realize like what's written for me is written for me and I'm going to go with what God has planned for me and not what society thinks I should be doing at the age of 30. You know, you know it's I've said this from season one and I'll keep saying this. I think this podcast you know, served our community, but it also served us in a way that Huge. I never thought it would. You know what I mean? Like when we started this, I didn't think I would be impacted as much as I have been. If anything, I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I feel like I've done my job because if it impacted me, I hope that it impacted those listening. Exactly. I think our biggest fear was just opening up publicly because, you know, society tells you to just be as presentable as possible, to hide your flaws, to hide anything that you've ever gone through. That was the scary part for me because I knew I was going to open up in some of these stories. Yes, we're interviewing other women and whatnot. We're having conversations with other women. Our stories are also bound to come to the surface. And I think that was like the scariest part for me is to just like be honest with ourselves and doing it publicly at the same time. It's not easy, you guys. And I 
I wanted to say kudos to kudos to you and I, Zena, for doing that. I don't think we really pat ourselves on the back when it comes to just like opening up about what we've gone through and how we're dealing with it and how we're trying to overcome it. I would never have been able to do what I just did had I not witnessed the incredibly mm-hmm. strong women open up about unbelievable things that they've been through. And I feel like they've taught me to be str- you can be strong and you can be vulnerable at the same time. Nothing's more liberating than not caring what people think. I think I'm, I still struggle with this. I'm honest. Like, do you struggle with that, Susanna? Oh, yeah. You, can, you yeah. always will. I, I think you'll always think about what other people think of you, but you just can't allow it to dictate your life choices. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you're always going to be like, oh, I wonder if they like me. Oh, I wonder if they like my dress or whatever. But like, as long as it doesn't stop you from like living the life that you want to live and making the choices you want to live, then I'm okay with it. And that's the thing. I need to get to that point where I don't change who I am or anything like that when some Somebody just says something negative about you or to you because I know a lot of people say it's just a reflection of them and they're projecting it and it's like yeah I want to believe that I, I have to get to a point where I need to believe that but maybe because we've never done that that we don't know what it means to just be so hurtful towards somebody like I can never in my life go in somebody's DM and just write them a letter of saying how horrible you are and this or that so that's why it's so hard for me to see it from that light to see it that they're just projecting their own self-hate and self-doubts and and whatnot. But I think that's what I've learned. Like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And I think that's one thing why I tried not to be is, you know, try to do any projects that are public. But this was like, I mean, we just did it, you know. We like, we did it. We're like, we're going to do it. It's going to be public. We're going to come out here and we're going to talk about our community and we're going to talk about the taboo topics. And it was scary. I'm not going to lie, you guys. Like, Zena and I can sound as confident as we want on here. But there are moments where it's like, we had to second guess certain episodes. We had to really think about like, do is this a topic we want to talk about? How, what angle should we show it from? Like, but we slowly started like doing what we want to do and stopped caring about what people think. When I say that, it's not about like, oh, we don't care if we hurt the community. That would never, I would, no, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about there's certain people that will never, ever, ever be your cheerleader. They'll never, you know, give you a standing ovation. They'll never be there for you. They'll never, ever want to see you succeed. And that's them. That's that small group. And sometimes that small group is louder than those who will love you. You know, sometimes, you know, it might be a select few who kind of give you the bad ratings or have something negative to say. It seems like they are louder than those who genuinely love you. But I realized this past year, especially specifically this past year, you and I, Zana, realized like it's what you give your energy to and what you give your attention to. Those people are loud because you're choosing to focus on them. That's the only reason why they're loud. It doesn't make sense. How can there be three or four people, you know, their negative talk and everything like that is really like getting under your skin when there's thousands and thousands of other people that truly love you for who you are. It's who you give your attention and your energy to. There's so many stories, so many incredible women that we've shared on here. Like, I I honestly don't have a favorite episode because every episode, every conversation, every woman that we have had on here just been incredible. And it's always been life changing in a way. And sometimes it's like, yeah, there's something that, you know, somebody is going through on here that we've shared their story, but that you've never gone through. But at least it opens your eyes to maybe those around you who are going through it and whatnot. But this podcast has taught me a lot. I think the number one thing it's taught me, and I hope it's done the same for you, is to believe in yourself. I think for the longest, it's like, man, you you really bathe in self-doubt for so long. And, and I think because like so many people have tried to silence you or hush you or, or even some people have tried to make your own life choices for you. So that's why it's like you never felt the strength or the ability to be able to just like trust your own self and to believe in yourself. And this podcast or this platform and this journey has honestly just given me that strength to be able to do that. Isn't it crazy that we're like in our 20s and 30s and we still can't 
believe that we have the capabilities yeah. to do what we want to do. Yeah. And I think something that I always think of is something that you brought up and it was, I forgot exactly what the words were, but it was like, you know, you wanted to start a four year class when you were 30. Now you're 34 and you didn't do it because you thought you were too old or whatever. You're going like, to be 34 regardless. Exactly. <laughs> and I think it's it, it stops us from really going after what we want to go after. And I, I feel like if everyone was just to choose what makes them happy, we would live in such a better world. It's we unbelievable. Would. And you know what? This season was so interesting because I loved it personally for the fact that we talked a lot about our faith. Like yeah. somehow, some it was natural to you guys. It wasn't like, it's not like we told the guests, oh, make sure you tie it back to faith. It always tied back to faith. Somehow, some way, the guests always did. And I thought that was so beautiful. And I think, I, I hope that we showed our faith and our religion and how beautiful it is, how merciful God is, how more compassionate we need to be with ourselves and how forgiving we need to also be with ourselves and not just with ourselves, but with others too. And I think it's subhanAllah, like it's just this year has taught us a lot, you know, outside of the platform. This has been a, a year with a huge learning curve, but we've done it, you guys. You this know, year was tough, yeah. you guys. And I, I, you know, as we end the year, I know New Year's doesn't really signify much, just the start of a new number. But I think as we go into this new year, let's let's try to hold the, the lessons that we learned in 2020 and carry those on in 2021. Because I feel like we've all been through some terrible shit. And I think <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's time that we, we really take control of what we want in our life and really take action. Yeah, take control of what you can. There are certain things you can take control of. That's why I said it's like a balancing act to, you don't want to sit there and expect life to happen to you. You have to also go out there and do something about it. You know, I just really want to end it on this. I feel like this platform has taught you and I, Zaina, so much. And I can't think enough, like, that when it comes to the listeners and the fact that you guys open up to us in the DMs and you share your stories with us and you tell us how how much this podcast has helped you guys out, that's what really keeps us going. And when it comes to our guests who decide to openly share their stories, you can't thank those people enough. How do you even... You know, we're forever indebted to them because they're coming on here and sharing the most difficult part of their lives at times. It's not easy. It's not easy. Like you and I choke up when we talk about certain things. And then you have these women coming on here and saying, I want to do it to help other women, to know that they're not alone. So I really hope that, you know, we can keep this podcast going, inshallah. This is something that... I just don't think we'll die out anytime soon. I feel like there's just so many more stories. I mean, I'm already recording episodes for season three, yeah. mashallah. Like there's, I'm telling you, there's a lot that we can learn about one another and whatnot. So I genuinely believe that if you're sitting on something, please don't, you know, allow yourself to succeed. You can be your biggest cheerleader. You don't need anybody else to push you or motivate you. Honestly, I had my whole entire family push and motivate me all my life, but it's up to me. It's up to you, Zena, to finally like take that leap. I just hope that, you know, We can continue to just be there for one another, push one another, uplift one another, be more compassionate with one another. And we do want to leave you guys off with something. Some bittersweet news. Yeah, bittersweet is a good word, I guess. Uh, I don't even know how to (laughs) say it. Well, somebody likes to just jump on an airplane and just like travel the world and go from state to state. Is that a good way to start it? You know, I think this podcast opened my eyes to one thing, that change is good. Yes. And sometimes you have to be open to change and you have to be willing to accept 
when change happens, even when it's scary, even when it's like unknown. But this will be my last episode on Unsweet and Unfiltered. That sounds so weird. I know. I am moving. I'm leaving Chicago. Uh, my husband and I are moving to Portland, Oregon. Uh, literally. So that's how you say it, Oregon, not Oregon? I say Oregon. I wonder how you say it. What if I'm saying it wrong and I'm moving there? Now now I have like <laughs> doubts about how I'm saying the state I'm going to live in. Do you know how to say Illinois? Say Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, okay. You said uh, that, right? Illinois. <laughs> Some people say Illinois. No, no, no. Okay, back to your story, uh, Dana. Yeah, we are, I think by when this episode comes out, I will um, probably... I'm hoping this episode comes out what let... The gosh, we are so bad with dates. Nobody knows what day I'll it probably is. December twenty third ish. Yeah. yeah, I'll probably be out of Chicago by the time this episode airs. God, I I know I'm not a native to Chicago, but I gotta say it's really hard leaving. Yeah. I got so attached to the people and just the, the city life here. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. But I'm excited for change. I'm excited for the new. Uh, I grew up moving around a lot, so I'm kind of used to. Did you? Really? Yeah. So you weren't always in Florida? We were in Florida, different parts of Florida. I lived and then in you Georgia. Lived in Palestine. And I lived in, yeah, I lived in Palestine. So I, I got to move around yeah. a little bit as a kid. So I got to experience different states, never that side of the country, never like the West Coast. So I'm excited for that. My family lives out there right now too. So I'm happy to be closer to my mom and my niece and my brothers and everyone. Yeah, You're super close to your family, Zaina. So I'm so I think close to my family. That's why like this move, it's scary, but it's not as bad because you're moving closer to your mom. Yeah. And that's a blessing in itself because you and your mom are very, very, very Yeah, close. I never thought I would have the opportunity or chance yeah. to live close to my mom. But I got to say, I'm going to miss, like, my in-laws are the, alhamdulillah, the best people in the world. Yeah, and it's very are. hard. To, I cried on the phone with my mother-in-law like, just like two days ago. I was like, I She's can't. amazing, your mother She's incredible. And it's Michelle. it's very hard leaving. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm excited. And I know that this platform, although I won't be a host on it anymore, I will forever be a listener. And I think... I know that it's going to go above and beyond what it is right now with Dunya's vision and think uh, it's going to go far. I just think it's an exciting part of your life. Like you're starting a whole different life out there in Portland. Yeah, it's not a different country, but it's just like it's such a it, it's coming at a, such a perfect time, I think. In it your is. Life. And I, I'm excited for what will come afterwards. You know what I mean? Just spending more time with my I think if. If this experience has taught me anything, it's like work can wait, going out on vacation, like all that can wait. It's really cherishing the moments that you have with your family and seeing them as much as possible and just being there with them, I think is the most important thing. Like I've, my perspective on life changed completely in the past two, two months. Yeah. Like completely. It's so crazy how like one experience can change everything. And I think it's, that's also something that I'm grateful for because now I think my eyes are open to what's really important in life and that's family and you're very do you do you consider yourself introverted Zaina in a way I'm like because semi. I feel like you're kind of now like, like blossoming now where you're able to accept like this change again like now you're moving to another city another yeah. state and no whatnot. I mean I did it from Florida to Chicago and that was tough but yeah. I did it I think it's the more that I allow myself to open up mm. to new experiences the easier it becomes you yeah. know you have to put yourself in awkward situations, uncomfortable situations in order for you to you see grow. how far you can go. Exactly. That's how you grow. Yeah. You're never going to grow in comfortable situations. You're just going to stay, not stagnant, but you're just going to be comfortable with who are. you are. Yeah. But it's it's those moments that you never planned for. Because this wasn't a planned move. No, Look, it's not it's, planned. It came out of nowhere. You honestly expected to live in Chicago forever. I, I mean, never thought we would leave Chicago. My husband yesterday was like, I cannot believe we're packing our that's stuff. That's like, shocked. Yeah. This is his home and this has always been his home. And, it, and so I think we're both kind of 
of excited for what's to come. We're already talking about like hiking paths we want to go on. Like we're like already changing our life and we haven't even gotten there, but I'm excited. I can even recognize Dana anymore. I'm going to be like an Oregonian is what they call themselves. Oh, really? I think. I don't know. Portland is so beautiful. Like I've honestly have always wanted to just visit there, especially because I heard their coffee is amazing and you know how I feel about <laughs> coffee, but coffee and hiking, like it's, That's like you know, the it's complete world. opposite than Chicago, where it's like yes. the hustle bustle. Like I live, you know, a mile outside of downtown. It's always loud. It's always busy. And then you go to Portland, you go to Oregon, and it's like, oh, there's waterfalls right off the it's highway. So beautiful. There's like hiking paths everywhere you go. It's just a completely different life. And you've been visiting, so it's like you know yeah. what you're expecting, and you think you're going to like it. I think I'm going to like it. I think it's going to be a change of pace. And although I love Chicago, I think I'm ready for like just a calmer life do you know right? what i mean I, that's I just, how i feel i want a driveway man yeah. i really want a driveway <laughs> we'll see i have a driveway i live in the suburbs but it's like i envied you for living in the city i'm not gonna lie because i love the city but then there's also a part of me it's like yeah you reach a certain age or a certain point in your life not even age you reach a certain point in your life where you do want that quietness that yeah. relaxation that more like let me just spend more time with my family and enjoy them so that's why this is like an exciting new chapter yeah. for you Zena. and i think it's it's almost kind of like getting reacquainted with your family again and just you know especially because you have a niece michelle and she's I know. growing so fast and now you get to watch her grow yeah she keeps like come to my come to my house come to my house i'm like i can't but i will soon and so i think watching someone go up on facetime is not easy not the same not easy because i i'm so lucky to have my nephew right next to me and watching him grow oh it's like oh my god how big he is it's like i can't imagine me being okay with watching him grow and it's not but that's why it's like you know everybody's at at a different point in their life and i can't thank you enough zana for sharing that but because it's just like yeah change is good change really is good and we're making the most of it we're kind of taking life day by day like now we're actually forced to take life day by day i think you it was had always no choice, yeah yeah like we were taught our faith tells us like yeah just like live in the present moment and now we finally reached a year where it's like yeah you have no other choice but to live in the present moment and would you think that you would like this would have been zena i guess yeah you you would have you were okay with moving back then because you moved to chicago from florida Never to the, never to Oregon. Like it's just yeah. A you would have never thought. State. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like Chicago sounds more enticing. Yeah. But now Oregon. I'm gonna say Oregon. How are you saying <laughs> Oregon? Oregon? I don't know. Whatever. Now Oregano. Self conscious. <laughs> just call it that. <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, maybe we can do a check in, Zayna. Or yeah, something I would like you, that. Maybe like after I get a month settled or so. in. Yeah, I would like that. I, I'm gonna miss coming on here every week. Although it was we do stressful. not miss the technical difficulties oh at God, all. The you guys, technical difficult like talking to these amazing women was like the best part of my life. But like once our laptop started, dealing with yeah. the technical stuff, I cannot. And I give you all the subbed and the patience and the strength to do this because it's not easy to that's why we can't we always stress you guys it's not just like you press record the record button and that's it you get to record there's a lot and submit. The there's a lot that goes on um when it comes to podcasting and stuff like that it's not easy but well the work is rewarding like i, I like, absolutely yeah. love it i also feel like the last month has kind of given you a taste of what it'll be like hosting by yourself and you've done incredible and i'm I'm very excited for you and I'm very proud of you and I'm I cannot wait to see what season three holds. Oh thank you, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a little kid oh like sending gosh. you off to school. I kinda now want to listen to our last season's last episode and see. We were probably so like just I was just I was find, to everything that would come. Exactly. We were so oblivious and twenty twenty obviously didn't happen then. It was in December. No. And we, I think we were just talking about like what's our word for New Year's Eve yeah, instead yeah. of like um it was mindfulness, was, right? Mine was yeah, we're yeah. both mindfulness. That's what it, I think for this year for me it's gonna be transparency. And what I mean by transparency is just like being okay and with who I am, like 100% okay with who I am, showing the 
like, you know, the true sides of me and rather instead of like putting on filters, I'm not talking about actual like Instagram <laughs> filters, but like filtering yourself, I'm done with that. Yeah. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And not in a harsh way, but like I said, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But I think honestly, this life is lived so beautifully when you live it as your true self. I think I'm going to keep mindfulness or just being I mi- think we need a present. mindfulness prime too. Part yeah, two. I think just being present is like the biggest thing that I'm still working on. And it's not easy just to be in the moment with the people that you're with, not yeah. focused on what's going on on your phone and who's posting what. I think just taking each moment and cherishing each moment and actually living in the moment. I think you're good at that, Zaina, like where you don't I'm, care about I'm, social media. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I used to be like all the time posting and now I'm just like, I don't need to post every step I take or whatever. It's hard for the rest of us who now kind of technically have a business that can only thrive on social media. Like yeah, honestly, yeah. if I didn't have a podcast, like there's moments where like before this podcast, I've completely deactivated my yeah. social media. But now it's like, it's like we live in a world where your business is almost like kind of needs social media. It kind of sucks. It's good it or does. bad, good yeah. and bad, but it is what it is. But, but again, it you're bringing us. a whole new yeah. perspective on social media where a lot of times it's full of negativity and all that yeah. stuff. And it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? And I think that's exactly what people need right now. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end it. And we love you, Zayna. I'll be back soon for an update. I I definitely will miss you guys. I want to thank you. I better see a bunch of hiking photos. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Make sure you guys, if you want to like follow Follow me on Instagram. Even though I just said I'm getting off of Instagram. But like, uh, I want to thank all of you guys for listening over the past two seasons and continue listening because I know that Dunya will have incredible, incredible stories. And I know I hope you guys still stick around. I know I'm I'm excited to see where you'll take this because I know it can only get bigger and better. Yeah, we have amazing guests. You guys are ready for season three planned. Um, We've learned a lesson, Zaina. We've now we like pre-planned episodes. Like Uh, for sure. We learned a lot, man. We have even about ourselves. That's what I'm saying. Just in general, you learn about yourself so much through this. That's why. So it's like if, you know, you want to work on something on any project, just go for it. Go for anything in life right now at this point. There's, you know, not much to lose these days. I mean, again, life is just it's just one interesting roller coaster. But I I don't know. It's so hard to end this. But I I guess I'm going to say this for the very last time. Yes. Bye. (laughs) Oh, my God. What is she going to say? Love you guys. Bye.